Hey everyone, it's Kobe. And Kyle. And we are back. It's another episode of the Healing Circle podcast. Oh, the Healing... Yes, it is the Healing Circle podcast. I almost just said another episode of the Healing Circle. I mean, people can say I mean, that too. It could be the Healing Circle. You know what? It's another episode. That's right. Hello, every, uh, everybody. <laughs> everybody in the club getting tipsy. They used to be my jam in middle school, which is mm. very inappropriate, but I digress. All of middle schools inappropriate. It really was. It's such a disgusting Listen, time. middle school dances were... Oh, God. Sticky. Can you imagine if Let's COVID existed back then? <laughs> yeah, we would be gone. We'd be... I would Bro. be before surrounded by your glory. It would be <laughs> I am legend. Will my heart feel? I would be dancing before Jesus, hopefully. No. Uh... Nobody would be alive but Will Smith and his dog. It'd be a straight zombie movie. That's true. That is true. Guys, this is our last episode talking about um, emotional currency and all the goodies, all the things that come with that. And we have a pretty interesting episode for you guys. So in our last episodes, we were talking about emotional currency how it affects us, all the good things. But Kyle and I wanted to keep it real with you guys, for lack of better terms. Keep it a stack. Yeah, keep it a thou-wow. Yeah. Um, because healing yourself and doing the work to figure out your worth, doing the work to figure out what makes you feel most loved, what makes you feel most seen, does not always produce like pretty flowers and lovely gardens and whatnot um honestly let's just jump right into it so oftentimes when we take the time to figure out um what our emotional currency is um it can create this internal angst and i know the for me the internal angst comes from now i have words to put to what's been frustrating me Mm -hmm. and now it's like Okay, now I know my worth. Now I know how to communicate my worth and how I want you to communicate it. And then I look back and I'm like, oh, you got some catching up to do. <laughs> you got some things you got to you gotta show up doing, you know? Yeah, there, there is the idea of like, it's almost like emotional reparations where, okay, things were done wrong. They were yeah. done incorrectly. Someone yeah. was disenfranchised. And oftentimes this is happening on both sides. So, I mean, yeah. most relationships are not as cut and dry as like, oh, you just did wrong and you, you need to do better. Um, but then it's like, okay, well, we've moved past um, maybe the the angry outburst that doesn't have any direction. Now we kind of understand what's going on. We're, we're gaining some literacy about what's happening in our own hearts. And then the bills come due. Yep. Where it's like, hey... You've been withdrawing from my account in an unequal manner for the last however long. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. I want to work this thing out. Yeah. Or, I mean... But also, run me my money. Yeah. I'm I'm (laughs) I'm going to need that back. Yeah. Like, and not even because it's an eye for an eye type thing, but it's... If if you want a relationship that's going to be healthy, it has to operate with a sense of equity. A sense of it. Yeah. Yeah. No relationship is going to be equal at every point, but each person in the relationship needs to feel like, um, the time for their equality, whether it's present or past. Yeah. Is, is viable. Like where it's not like, okay, I'm always the person giving 
never the one receiving, um, and, and vice versa. And that is really, that's really complicated, especially in a romantic relationship. It's complicated in friendships. It's yeah. complicated at yeah. work. <laughs> it's complicated everywhere, but especially in, in some of the most closely held relationships because you just find yourself in this situation where the status quo has shifted. Yeah, yeah. And I think it shows up a lot, like, most of us, if you're struggling to, to follow and track with us, most of us know what it's like to be dating someone or married to someone for a long time and for us to to go the extra mile for them in a way that's normal until we go to therapy or get some counsel or, you know, um, develop some type of insight. And then once we develop the insight, we're like, dang, I've been meeting all this person's needs and they've been meeting none, Yeah. right? And so you go back and, or what feels like none, um, and so you go back and you start like recounting and enumerating all the ways that you've sacrificed for this person. And in all honesty, they have not reciprocated the same measure of sacrifice for you based on what makes you feel loved. And then you start kind of counting, right? It's kind of like, man, I've been putting $500 in your account every single week for the last year. Yeah. And you've been taking out $500 from my account every single week for the last year. Yeah. So I've been out $1,000 because you've been withdrawing and I've been paying you for the last year. And you can get to a place where you can start to develop one, self-worth, and then two, that emotional literacy and that relational literacy. And then when both of you get to a place where it's like, oh, we both understand each other better, when things are actually equal in that moment, meaning I'm taking 500 out of your account, mm -hmm. Um, you're taking 500 out of mine or you're depositing 500 and I'm depositing 500 for the person who previously has been out a thousand dollars every single week it doesn't feel like equity yeah you know because it's not right and so what happens is this is where resentment can be um, I'm not saying this is a healthy part of healing but this is where resentment can find a place in healing right the healing mm. process is hey we're paying each other equal now. We're withdrawing equal now, but I'm starting off on a different foot than you. Yeah. Like, that's why the idea, the term of emotional reparations really does apply. It's like, yeah, in some ways, black people have equality in some ways, right? But we started off 400 years behind, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and like that, that happens in our intimate relationships, and so we can get to this place where people are like, oh, you should be. So this is um, just to give a personal example, babe. This is a lot of what I experienced in, in marriage mm -hmm. was people seeing our relationship from the outside and being like, oh, you do for him. He does for you. You guys are fine. Like, it seems equal to me. But what they didn't see was the year of like you know, <laughs> panicked, emotional Kyle, mm -hmm. you know, um, not emotional, uh, emotionally shut down Kyle, rather, yeah. that I had to deal with that really taxed me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And having to be like, whoo, yeah, it's equal now, but something just don't feel right. This bank account still feels real empty. And I keep looking at his and uh, he, he's, he's really stacking that paper, you know, <laughs> and, and I don't feel like I am. And I think that this is where, it's important to understand that like healing is one, not linear. And two, it's not always pretty because now you have to figure out what, what are you going to do about that? Yeah. What do you, what do you need? What do reparations look like to you? 
and and emotional literacy brings a lot of tension um a, a lot of the time because what you have is like you've got the status quo we've been relating a certain way for a while um and this happens in both directions this happens in the sense of okay like hey everything's good now but historically it hasn't been yeah so even though we're equal right now it it doesn't feel like it's actually equity. It doesn't feel yeah. like we're coming um, to a place where we both have everything we need because I've been without for so long. Yeah. On the flip side, you also have people um, who maybe have not been healthy, have not been able to express their emotions well, or just now coming into some emotional literacy and dealing with their emotional currency. And the person they're in a relationship with doesn't know how to operate in a relationship that has equality. Whoa, it's go just, there. It's never been a yeah. function of the relationship. It doesn't even mean that that person is a bad person. Yeah. It means that, like, that's all they know. the relationship from the time we started, it was always I give 100 and you give 400. Yeah. Maybe we didn't recognize that's, yeah. that's what it was, but at least if we drill down to it, now that everyone knows what's actually going on, that's what it's always been. Yeah. And so even if it comes up to, okay, well, I need you to give 200 instead of the 100 or um, 300 or whatever, even, even if it's, even if it's a significant amount to the other party, very often you've got this dynamic where, well, now the whole relationship is different. And so you get people yeah. that, uh, to put it, like, I guess uh, an example would be maybe you're in a relationship with someone who's been emotionally closed off yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And so in times of conflict, um, you've always expressed exactly how you felt or whatever. And that person, um, they either had, like, two answers. Either they were going to get really angry or they were just going to kind of shut down and, and do whatever you said. Now they have... Um, some emotional literacy. Now they move into healing. Now they have an understanding of what they need in the relationship. Yeah. And instead of it being, I'm super angry or I'm just going to shut down, they come to you with sort of a middle ground yeah. where they say, you know what? I understand what's going on here and what you're saying to me. But I actually really don't appreciate the way that you've been speaking to me in this whole conversation. Yikes. Let or me tell you. <laughs> actually, like this brings up a reality. I've felt this way for the last two years. And maybe this isn't yeah. the perfect time to bring it up, but this I got to bring it up now. because yeah. I can't even have this conversation with you because I've got all this stuff built up and I can't even, I can't even treat you like a human being because you are now, you're a figure, like you're a, yes. you're a symbol of all the things I've been missing. Yep. 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 And it, I mean, I feel like you touched on so many things because what happens when subconsciously part of the reason why we entered the relationship is because we knew that we would be with someone who gave four times more than what we gave. Yeah. You know? And like that, I'm telling you, like when I work with people who are in intimate, long lasting relationships, whether it's just a partnership um, or whether it is, you know, um, a marriage, whether it's engaged dating, whatever it is, I, I say to them like, Hey, you healing is going to change whatever relationships you're in because you are going to be a different person at the end of this. Yeah. And discovering how you want to be loved and why you want to be loved in that way is a part of healing and it will change your relationships. Yeah. Right? Because some of us don't even know that we were looking for people who oppressed us in a certain way because whether we 
liked it in the forefront of our mind or not, it was familiar. Mm. Yeah. And it was safe to us because yep. it was predictable, yep. right? Some of us are people who needed someone to literally bow to our very existence. Yeah. We needed to be in relationships with people who who were enslaved to our will, yep. right? And so maybe they were emotionally shut off, but the same quality of being emotionally shut off is what made them so willing to sacrifice on our behalf, no matter how much it pained them or and hurt them. And easy to manipulate. Yeah, or dehumanize them, yep, right? Yep. And so what happens is we want these partners who are like, oh, like open and honest and all this stuff. But we and also, healthy. yeah, healthy, huge finger quotations. But at some point we also kind of like, we don't want to say it out loud. And if we're honest with ourselves, we could. But like, we also want these partners that like simultaneously don't feel pain when they have to carry our burdens. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, be there for me, be intimate with me, be honest with me, and then I want to know what's going on in your heart, I want to know what's going on in your mind, and then when we find out what's going on in their heart and their mind is that we feel like the, they treat, they feel like we treat them like trash. Mm-hmm. It's like, never mind, yeah. be quiet. It's <laughs> Deal like, whoa, with whoa, it. whoa, 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 you're taking up too much space now. Yes, like, I, I that emotional real you, estate. <laughs> I was down for the whole, yeah. you need to get your mind right and get healthy thing back when I thought that it was only going to produce you becoming better in the ways that were most convenient to me. Speak. Like, I want you to be more open with me, so I want you to get healthy. But I don't really want you to be open with me. I want you to be open with me about the things I want to know about. Yes. I don't want you to be open with me about the ways that you feel frustrated in our relationship. I don't want you to be open with me in a way that requires that I now have to change as well for you. Yeah. You know? And And that's the great equalizer in relationship. Come on. Is, like, you change for me... I changed for you, right? Mm-hmm. And not saying forsaking who you are, who God's called you to be, or who God's named you, or none of that. About saying, I'm willing to sacrifice these selfish patterns, these patterns that harm you because I love you. That's the yeah. type of change yeah. that I'm talking about. And I know for me, I knew that I want I want an emotionally literate, emotionally honest partner who is honest and loving and, you know, and then when Kyle started coming to me, like, the way you talked to me really hurt my feelings, it it was humbling. It was uncomfortable and humbling. Because I what I wanted him to, to open up about was how hard work was and how sad this, hap- this thing that happened made him feel. Like, I never expected that I would be the person who made him feel bad things. And so when he was, you know, and he did share other things. It wasn't like I was like the root of all evil, but it was like when you started saying like, hey, babe, this really hurts me. There was something that felt unnatural about his feelings mattering as much as mine. Mm, Yeah. You know, And, and I think a lot of people are not prepared. Like we want healed partners. We want healed husbands. We want healed wives. But at the end of the day, are you prepared to give up the emotional real estate that you're taking up right now? And allow someone else to build a house on it. Allow someone to build something permanent on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, our relationship, certainly early on, and obviously we're still working through what it means to just be healthy and love each other um, all at the same time, which is a, it's a task, right? But Kobe felt unseen by me. Most of our relationship. There were ways even today, that she still feels unseen. If anything, if I find that we're having an argument of some sort, 
I'm typically going to get closer to the truth if I start to wonder how did what I say or not say or did or not do make my wife feel unseen. And let me jump in really quick. Mm -hmm. And what's important to hear in that is that Kyle has a fundamental understanding of my trauma that was pre our marriage. Yeah. Pre our dating. Yeah. Right. And so it is easy when you're discovering your emotional literacy, when you're healing, when you're developing intimacy with the partner, it is easy for you to feel like because you are triggered in a way that is so powerful by your partner that they are the origin of your trauma. Kyle is not the origin of my trauma, but my trauma is triggered in our relationship. Yeah. And that's the core thing, right? Yeah, yeah. For me, it's always been like, I don't feel seen, I don't feel heard. And so when we have, you know, an argument, same thing, Mm -hmm. right? And and honestly, I feel like it's very similar to you. Yeah, yeah. Like, (laughs) your exact thing is like, like, are you seen? You know, not what you're doing, not what you're creating, whatever. Like, are you as a human being, as a whole human being who's... um, who is being respected? Are you being seen? Right? Yeah. But yeah, I want to throw that out there that it's easy for us as we develop emotional literacy to be like, oh, why do I feel this way? And then always go back to our relationship and be like, well, I feel this way because of this one time that you, mm-hmm. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know? And then I remember the beginning of a relationship, you, blah, blah, blah. And even for me, I have to often reframe and say, yes, in the beginning of a relationship, you did this that triggered what happened previous to you yeah that triggered and brought up things that pre that were existent things that sat in the darkness long before i made covenant with you and that covenant shed a light on things that i left in the corner for a really long time bro that covenant be shining lights man and because that that covenant uh, we've made a marriage shone a light on it in a way that that i could not escape for the first time it feels like it was born there yeah. But yeah, it's been yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm and sorry, I think... I, I cut you off. No, but I, I think that's the point, right? Like, Kobe, uh, because of her trauma and, and all the things, much of our miscommunication has come from ways I just genuinely have not seen her, and then also ways that she's felt unseen. As I became more healthy, more emotionally literate, what started to happen was I started to feel unseen or rather I started to acknowledge the ways that I felt unseen and it became this almost tug of war because the identity of the conflict in our relationship was Kyle you don't see me and then all of a sudden it was Kyle coming in and saying you know what I feel really unseen in the way that you're like you're saying that I don't see you Um, and also in all these other ways and I think in the beginning it probably felt like I was Like, I was co-opting your thing. Yes. Like, bro, I know you're still trying to work through stuff, so you're just grabbing for the closest thing, and my thing makes sense to you because we're always talking about it because you're always doing it, but, like, that's my thing. Like, okay, yeah, you can be healed and find your thing, but this is my thing. Yep. Um, (laughs) But the reality is... Healing begets healing. Yeah. And, And there's ways that I was broken that I did not have language for, did not understand until I had someone who was modeling out with clarity what was what was happening. Kobe yeah. would tell me exactly how she felt, why she felt it, all the reasons that came into that feeling. And for someone who had never given any of my emotions room to breathe, 
to explain themselves, um, it was like she was opening up ways that I actually felt. Mm. Um, and now, you know, we can both look back and say, oh, yeah, obviously. Look at Kyle's life. Look at the ways that he's felt hurt. Look at the, the family roles that he's had. Look at the, the roles he's played in, in friendships and in relationships and all that stuff. Clearly, this is a guy who would feel fundamentally unseen in all these ways. But that was new to her, and it was new to me. And it was this sort of tug of war, this tug of war, this sort of like, yo, this is this is my spot. Yeah. I'm not saying that you can't have a spot, but this is my spot. I'm not giving up my spot in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And that emotional real estate, just like what Kobe is saying, like that, that, that outcome of healing is not necessarily something that people talk about. Because when, especially when you're in a relationship with someone, friendship, family, romantic relationship, or otherwise, very often when you say to someone else, I want you to be healed, you're really saying, I want you to be healed in the ways that are most convenient to me. Yeah. Mainly because that's all the that's all that you can see. It's not even like a negative character trait like it's a human reality you can only point someone into in a direction that you have vision for so like you understand the ways that the people around you are unhealthy based off of what you view healthy to be so that's the direction you point them in that's completely human what often happens is when you point someone in, in the direction of healing and they're they're following wherever you've pointed because you're the one that's given them some sort of vision for healing. Healing will, you know, it'll create some of its own space. And yeah. then you have this person who you had pointed them north and they went north and right around halfway they took a detour and now they're east. Yep. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't, I wasn't really talking about any of this stuff. Mm. And... I think that's the point. Like, as you get into emotional currency, relational literacy, as you start to understand the role that you play in your family and in your relationships and at work and all these things, you'll start to realize that healing is much more complex, is not linear, just like Kobe said. It doesn't fall into these carefully crafted boxes. And even more importantly, I think you'll start to realize, as we've, at least I've begun to realize, that so many of my relationships are founded on dysfunction. Yeah. Yep. 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 yep and yep. they they're born out of dysfunction. Yeah. I live in them through dysfunction. Yeah. And because it is my reality, dysfunction becomes what healing looks like until re- until real healing comes into the yeah. picture. And healing is this redemption. Right. Mm -hmm. So like notice we never gave you an answer about what it looks like to actually deal with like the the emotional operations, the feeling like, dang, I I paid this price for you and now everything's equal. But I gave up a lot for you for a really long time. Yeah. We never gave an answer to that because the answer personally and I say this as a therapist, I think the answer one is personal and two requires faith and divine intervention. Right. Come on. Because you cannot go back. Yeah. And like that is something I and many other people are struggling with. I cannot go back. Right. 
And I, as someone who's an advocate of healing and restoration and redemption, I cannot, rather, I can, I do not want to hold this over Kyle's head forever, right? Because how do I spend my days helping people heal in freedom and in honesty and authenticity telling them that they can walk away from shameful moments and experiences a new person and that they don't have to you know carry the burdens of the past and yet in our relationship I am constantly reminding him of the burdens of the past right yeah and so for me personally me having to deal with that emotional reparations is trusting that God's gonna pay the difference yeah yeah I like I <laughs> I don't have a better a better example you know in, in couples counseling they talk about the idea of atonement what can your partner do now to atone for the wrongs that they've done and for many of us the answer honestly is nothing mm-hmm. what they took from us we will never get back the time is gone the opportunity is gone right and so for me how do I move forward in intimacy continuing to give you 50 you know my $500 a week as you give me the equal $500 a week when we can because there will be seasons where things will be uneven yeah. and that's fine and, and we, we've we already prepared for that in our relationship, right? And you should prepare for that too. But how do I continue to operate in good faith, continuing to deposit an account I feel like I've already deposited too much in? Well, for me, I have to go to therapy. Yeah, I'm in therapy processing this stuff. I'm in therapy because it, it's not this constant long standing every day I wake up and I'm like, I can't believe this <laughs> happened. But it, it, it's moment it's this this small insidious thing that pops up in the most random places. Yeah. Right? And and it hardens my heart not just towards you but towards people. Mm, right? Yeah. And like for me to be efficient in what I do and for me to walk in the identity God's called me to do, I have to maintain a a soft heart. Period. Yeah, yeah. Right? For me to be a good mom, a good wife, um, a good therapist, I have to maintain a soft and vulnerable heart. Um, yeah. And so for me, I go to therapy and I process that. And for me, I have to accept also that I am on the other side of the equation for somebody else. Come on. That is when grace and mercy become concepts that we're willing to hold on to a little more tightly. Yep. When yep. we can look back and say, wow, this person deposited so much into me. This person gave me so much. This person, you know, and and I had nothing to give them. Yep, yep. And yet today they invest in me as if I invested just as much as as they did in me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we talk about, we talk about healing all the time. It's almost a buzzword. If you talk about it too much, it can become almost useless because it's so broad and in so many different ways. But when we have the emotional currency conversation and and we see where it leads us and we see that you very often you'll find yourself with the opportunity or just with the reality that you haven't gotten the things that you needed. You haven't gotten the things that you wanted. You likely haven't gotten the things that you were promised or that were implied in your relationship Uh, friendship, whatever it may be. And the cheat code, right? Like the secret sauce to healing is humility. Yeah. It is, it's the hardest thing 
um, to talk about. It's not sexy to talk about. Nope. But healing requires a, a depth of humility. The more humble you are, the more healed you can become. Because not mm. only must you acknowledge, um, not only must you be humble enough to acknowledge that, okay, that you need to be healed. Uh, but two, you have to acknowledge the ways that you are part of the problem, quote unquote. Um, and you also have to acknowledge that as much as you may think it is the case, you cannot compartmentalize your brokenness. Mm. You're not broken in one area and everything else that you are successful in is safe from that. Oftentimes people don't want to take drastic steps for healing, i.e. going to therapy or talking to friends about it or doing things um, to pursue healing because they believe that their brokenness is compartmentalized. They don't think it's cancer. They think it's like a, they think it's a scrape on their knee. Yeah. Right. But you have to be humble enough to recognize, like, no, that we are human beings are very connected social creatures. All things lead back to the center. <laughs> right. Like, so anger in your relationship um, with a, with your best friend doesn't like not come up in your relationship with your parents or your family or your son or your daughter it doesn't come up it doesn't not come up in your relationship with the god that you serve it doesn't not come up and i think the american construct at least but maybe just human nature as well teaches us to think that if something's broken you can put it in a room and you can close the door and you can just kind of work around it that's what so many of our parents have, have demonstrated for us. Yep. Like folks that where where you hear their story and you're like, you should be in therapy until you die. <laughs> like, yeah. you, what do you mean you didn't, you know, you you never had this, you never had a father, you never had a mother or but whatever. But I'm fine without it and I don't need nothing. And it's like, oh, is that why you don't take vacations? Yeah, it's like, wait, what do you do? <laughs> is that why you, you're, you know, in your late 50s and don't have a single close friend that's not work-related? Come on. <laughs> you know, like, and there is this, there's this reality that, like, everything is intertwined. Like, yeah, it all travels. That is our, our prayer in, in this podcast on beyond, you know, educating, beyond sharing with people what's going on, um, it's us being able to allow them to see that every single series yeah. that we have is connected. Yep. Every single series that we're talking about centers around trauma, right? Like our next series is going to be about sex. We're super excited to talk about that, right? We've talked about so many different subjects in this um, season, but all of them are connected. Yeah. We pray that you find that this emotional currency speaks directly to the role that you played in the family. Come on. How can you be the lost child and be in a relationship where you feel empowered to ask for what you need? You don't, so you stay silent, right? Mm-hmm. And if lost children will find another system to be another lost child in. Yep. And so you get into this relationship and you're in love with this person and you care about them and you know they care about you, but you're terrified to ask for what you need specifically, yep. right? So you go, start going to therapy, you start going to church, you start getting healing in whatever way you need to, and now you start asking for exactly what you need and your partner is confused Mm -hmm. like all i've known about you and part of all i've loved about you 
is your silence. Yeah. You know, it, it yeah. really all connects. It really does. Right? Or the hero who is constantly carrying the burdens of other people and then heals and one day says, I don't want to carry your burdens anymore. Right? And to the partner, it feels like you're abandoning me, but really, you know, the hero's just giving back the 30% that was never theirs yeah. in the first place. Yeah. Because we live out roles in our brokenness, in yeah. our dysfunction. And like we said earlier, they become normal. They become the foundation of our existence. Um, it, it's it's insidious, right? And so we're going to talk about sex next. Um, we have a lot of questions people are, like, asking. So we don't know how long the series is going to be. It could be, <laughs> be three months for all I know. It'll probably be our last one before our baby's due in, like, a couple months. Yeah, so, so it'll be the, it'll last... Be the last one before I, I go on maternity leave. And um, and then after maternity leave, we'll jump right into season three. Season three, yeah. Yeah. But whatever is in season three... I guarantee it'll connect to the things in season two and season one, not because, like, we are some, like, genius level planning all this stuff out. The reality is we get to talk about whatever we feel like talking about in regards to trauma because we know it all connects. Yeah. And at least my hope, the the only reason <laughs> I let Kobe convince me to, to hop on this is because being married to Kobe taught me how limited my scope my view of what brokenness and um trauma look like and because my my view was so limited it made me arrogant about how big the issue was because i thought that it only came up in one area or that it that it was small enough that you could put it in a room and close a door and work around it for the rest of your life it made me arrogant yeah and instead of it being something so small that I could put it in the room, the more you learn about it, the more you recognize that it is the whole room itself. Yeah. That the building you're sitting in, it already, it, it is the building. It's like dropping some dye into water. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, after you drop the dye in, how do you get the part of the dye that's not touching the rest of the water? Yeah. It's, how it's do you suck the, the color out? <laughs> you can't. It's, it's just there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And we got some news. We got a sponsor. We got a sponsor. We got a sponsor. So, you guys, um, if you know anything about me, you know that I love, love, love essential oils. She Kyle does. knows this. I shower with Bro, them. I diffuse them. I rub them on my, my temples, on my wrist, all that stuff. But you know what's really frustrating? Learning about essential oils, getting excited about them, and then figuring out that you have to join um, a subscription site where you're paying an uh, introduction price of $400, and you have to make this huge commitment before you really know all about essential oils. Well, that is why I love Nature's Fusions. Nature's Fusions is an organization that creates grade A, 100% natural and therapeutic grade essential oils and CBD products. They're amazing. And their prices are so low. Why? Because they want essential oils to be completely affordable to all people. You can use our code, Kobe Campbell. That is Kobe Campbell, K-O-B-E-C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L, to get 15% any of your orders. So not just your first order, you can use this on every single order 
if you want to. And their products are already super duper cheap. So visit naturesfusions.com, use the coupon code Kobe Campbell and get your 15% off your essential oils, your smell good. Um, everything will be linked in the show notes. You'll get um, an opportunity to just copy and paste it if you want to use it. And yeah, thank you so much to Nature's Fusions for sponsoring us. Yeah, for real. Because my <laughs> wife, like, so I know there exist people that like, Whoever comes up with a product, they'll pitch it on their pro- their podcast or their Instagram or whatever. We've had dozens of people reach out, dozens of opportunities to do sponsor stuff. We didn't do it because we don't want to like push anything we don't actually use. Now, I steal her essential oils, and she gets very upset about it, um, but I'm not as into it as she is. But I'm telling you, this isn't like, oh, like they sent us a DM and... And whatever, and so we're pitching it. Kobe has been using this stuff since forever. Um, she is actually high key annoying about it, and yes. it is, <laughs> and it is like it is something she actually uses with stand behind, regardless. Like so, if you knew her, you know that this is not news. Like this is not a new thing. This is just her sharing something that she already does. So um, definitely check it out because. Yeah. Please we'd do, we'd pump do. it out even if we weren't partnered with them. Big facts. Big facts. So, you guys, we will see you next week when we start talking about six. Oh, my God. It's the only way to say it. No, six. no. Just say sex. You guys said like you're from Missouri. Six. No. Or you could just say sex. <laughs> All right, you guys. We're so excited. Um, We've been asking questions on our Instagram, at Healing Circle Pod, getting people to... Um, type in some questions that they have about sex, faith, and mental health. We're so excited about the dozens of questions we've already gotten. We cannot wait. Um, and we'll see you guys soon. Until the circle comes back around. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world to us. If you guys didn't know, we just reached the top 200 mental health podcasts in the U.S. And we want to keep pushing. So make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. Also, join our Patreon. It's $10 a month. You get mental health resources from a licensed trauma therapist. I mean, it's pretty amazing. It's an amazing family, so join the inner circle. Plus, we dropped our merch. It's been a crazy time, and the slogan, Protect Your Peace, has never meant more. So grab your t-shirt, hoodie, or crew neck when you get the chance, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.